Welcome to the Space of the Waste, featuring host Melody Edmondson. Do you struggle with the right look to complement your body shape? Have you tried so many different looks and styles only to be disappointed time and again? You've landed on the right program. We'll show you how to make the right style work in your favor. Now, here is Melody Edmondson. This is your host, Melody Edmondson. We are, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Variety Channel, to the Space of the Waste. If you haven't uh, watched, or I mean, listened to the other episodes, you know that you can go to www.voiceamerica.com and put the Space of the Waste on the search line and you can listen to all of the past episodes. I really hope you do that. If you need a visual, you may go to Pinterest and you may look at the boards for various body shapes and waist lengths to see what we have to offer. And today we are very blessed to have Dr. Christy Wynn. Dr. Wynn is a uh, board certified optometrist and she is the U.S. Ambassador for Imogenum Magazine and a board member of Cookie Magazine, both optical related. And she has joined iBrands Digital as their brand ambassador. And she's a, a member of also the, uh, I think it's called the, she'll have to tell you the, the optometrist uh, divas. But anyway, welcome, Dr. Wynn. Hi, Christy. How are you today? Thank you, Melody, for having me on the show. You're, we- you're welcome. I want you to talk to us. I know you're a doctor, so you know all about eye care, which I'll let you get into later because that's important. But before then, can we just have the fashion stuff? Like what are the frames they're showing now? And what do we need to know about our face shape or or cheekbones to uh i guess it i think that glasses eyewear i guess is the proper name that eyewear can set an image or set a tone or set a brand because i've seen people where i think that works like iris Upfell, for instance, and her big black glasses. And there have been many, many fashionistas with the big black frames that you you know who they are because of that. And I know I'm a cat eyes with different colors of lenses freak myself. And I just love to wear my glasses. And I wouldn't actually wear, um, what do you call them, contacts because of that. <laughs> so anyway... Go ahead and let me hear you talk. Sure. So eyewear is super important. It not only adds an extra layer of personality to your wardrobe, but it really can define a person when they are out and about. Some people are recognized because of their bold and fashionable eyewear. So there are different face shapes that complement certain frames. So you want to make sure you find the right frames for your face shape. Otherwise, it won't complement your features. And that's super duper important. It's like having a catered gown to your body. It has to fit. Exactly. If it doesn't fit right, it's not going to feel good. You're probably not going to wear it anyway. Right. And people can totally tell. Exactly. The main thing is you basically want to create symmetry. So if you had a round 
face. You want to avoid round frames because that will accentuate the roundness of your face. You want to look for more of a square shape um, frame because that will help make it again more of that square shape. If your face is more squared, more like a prominent jawline, you want to avoid square-like frames because they'll make it worse. So you want to look for more circular angles in your frame line to kind of soften the look. And then for yourself and myself, we have what we call a heart-shaped face. With that, we are wider at the top, slimmer in the bottom. So we wanna draw attention to the bottom of our face to balance out the face. So you want to accentuate the line going up or even just have accessory on the bottom part of the glasses, less on the top. Vice ah. versa, if you were a triangular face, you are slimmer at the top and wider on the bottom. You wanna again have things you know, right above the brow and that kind of jewelry or accents above the glasses versus below the glasses. So again, you're trying to balance out the face. Okay. Um, oval face are the best because they can wear anything. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Well, tell me again, which was the one that maybe you only have something on the bottom and not like just a clear lens on the top. Was that for one or was it the other no, way shape. around? Yeah. Heart so shape. Okay. For like my face shape and your face shape, they're considered what we call heart shape faces. So in that case, we're wider at the top, slimmer in the bottom. So to draw more attention to the bottom and give us a more balanced outlook, we want more attention on the bottom. Okay. Cheekbones aren't really there. That cat eye shape again will help pull the cheekbones up and accentuate that so it looks slimmer. So the mm -hmm. cheekbones, you want to make sure that you're wearing the right shape. Otherwise, it won't complement your features. Then yeah, you I may not have the right glasses on for my face shape because I always thought I had more of an oval, but I have a little bit of a square jaw. So, so you can you're kind of within the heart shape the heart-shaped um, look there. So you would do okay. the eye that you have before. You're, you'll be just fine with that one. Yeah, um, I love my cat eyes. I don't want to change. <laughs> okay, well, great. Well, tell me about some of these, uh, you're ambassadors to all of these different things and on these various boards. And what is the one about the divas? <laughs> it's optometry divas. So we are a group of female optometrists who we empower, connect, and promote each other. So we originated in Orlando, and we have usually four themed events during the year. The first one's usually a chocolate tasting. The second one's usually a red shoe. The third one's usually a think pink for breast cancer awareness. And the last one is our winter wonderland, which is for Christmas. So we normally have these theme events. So the participants know exactly what to expect when they come to these meetings. We offer continued education, but we also make it a very fun event. So there's a lot of music, there's some dancing, there's a lot of networking and laughing, but people always leave with a memorable experience because it's not like your typical gathering of optometrists. Yes, I understand. <clears throat> Tell me when you go to those kind of events and when you do events, do you try to wear eyewear so that, because I notice on LinkedIn and, and you're so gorgeous and then you have uh, your hair color is very unique you change your hair color and you have the short hair and then you wear these various glasses and I just think it's such a fabulous way to promote eyewear it makes you want to go and buy a bunch of glasses <laughs> I mean you know I have 32 pairs already so but you know I'm always looking out there for someone who can do different color lenses because that's what I find very hard is because mm -hmm. most of the places that I have here in Arizona, in Tucson, they have uh, only certain colors of lenses. And if 
few times I found a girl, uh, her name was, uh, uh, well, Shertreka. I'll never forget her name because it took me forever to pronounce it. And she could do custom mixes and mm -hmm. she did a lot of custom mixes. But once she left, you know, I didn't have anybody that knew how to do that. And so what she do you suggest? Designer. You should look into the designer who I represent um, for Kazuku Lunettes. Michael is a designer out of Boston, Massachusetts, but he's an optician. And so he custom a lot of the lenses because he have his own in-house lab. So he custom a lot of the, the he designs the glasses himself, but he also makes sure that, you know, the right color lenses come in to complement the frame. Wow. So that's called, what's it called? Lunettes? Kazuku Lunettes. Kazuku. Yeah. Kuzuku. So that actually means family in Japan. Oh, is he Japanese? It's actually not Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> and his name's Michael? His name is Michael Nicholas. So um, not Japanese at all, but he, he <laughs> does Asian culture and the way that he fits the glasses is he draws it on paper first, then okay. he designs it for a actual face. Then he fits oh, it on other faces to make sure that they also complement their faces. So, it, you know, the most important thing for when he's designing is making sure that the bridge fits pretty much everyone. Oh. Because the bridge is super important because it's kind of like the foundation of your glasses. If is that where well, they connect? on the nose is that the, called the so bridge right when you put it on the bridge not on every the bridge of your it. nose okay so not everyone when they wear glasses the, the glasses may look fabulous but if it doesn't fit on their bridges they can't wear it um so he's taken to a lot of different consideration on how it fits on the on the bridges mm -hmm. so even for myself because i am asian with a flatter bridge i can't wear a lot of brands they look oh, amazing good. i put it on and my lashes are right up against the lenses yeah yes and, or it just slides down my nose because i have no support but the good thing about all his brands is everything I put on, I can wear because they're designed to fit over shorter bridges. Or even if you even have a regular bridge, it's a still fit. That's and important. it may be big, but it's not, it's light. So we take mm -hmm. it to all these different consideration as an optician, you know, to see what would complement and make the patient happy when they purchase the glasses. What would make, you know, what are some of the concerns? And he addressed that in every pair he puts out. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love wearing the brand because it fits me and it's yes. very bold, it's fashionable. It makes a statement. It makes me feel differently when I put the lenses on versus when I'm not wearing it. Right. So a lot of times when I take these pictures for the magazine, I have to be in the right mentality. I can't just put the lenses on and not have the mindset of this amazing, beautiful, strong woman that needs to, that needs to wear it. Exactly. So, so and your outfits go together with it and you got the whole thing going on and I just... Love your whole vibe. And I thought, you know, this is something I need to pay attention to. And I had an artist tell me that too. She's going to be on our show, Shirley Wagner. She does uh, artwork and sculpture. And she actually uh, does uh, what she calls body sculpture. But she says, and she always has amazing glasses on. She says, you ought to have an optometrist come on and not just talk about eye care, but talk, talk about eyeglasses because Melody they really can make a brand. So, uh, you know, I started thinking about it. She goes, just like you and I, we wear our glasses. That's part of fashion. And it is, it is. So I thought, I'm on it. So I was looking for someone. I'd interviewed a few, but then I saw you on LinkedIn. I said, that's my girl. She is gorgeous. And she really knows how to bring that glass and the looks with the clothes. And she gets the whole package. So that's which Why is, I wanted so, you, and then I saw. I hear that because you know, <laughs> I I had 
know, I, you know, I wasn't even in this industry until two years ago when this brand reached out to me because he um, saw me on LinkedIn and he asked me to be the brand ambassador because I was Asian and I would be, you know, wear his brand pretty well. Yes. And because of COVID, I have, he has never done a professional shoot on me. All the pictures you see are done unprofessionally by myself, my daughters who are 11 and 13 at this time. <laughs> These were only nine and 11 then. Hey, they're good. You may have little fashionistas photographers on right. your mind. So I would have to watch a lot on of your hands. Figure out how to pose and how to put things together. Well, and done very well. I thought for <laughs> sure they were professional. They look at, and the colors, I don't know how they do the colors the way they do. I mean, they That's sometimes they're tinted. Oh, Amazing. Yeah. Pictures okay. most of the time are not edited. It's, it's usually the raw footage that I send, but it's just whatever compliments ideas I have. So I would look yes. at like a sample picture and I'll say, you know what, I think I can do it this way. Mm -hmm. So I would have the image of how I would want to do it. I put together their outfit that I feel complements the glasses and we go and we shoot. Okay. Now, uh, Dr. So, Wynn, are you Japanese? I'm actually Vietnamese. Vietnamese. Okay. Yeah. So and that's so how is it's a very common Vietnamese last name is Wynn. Wynn. Okay. And is the nose bridge that you have common within all Asians no. or just My Vietnamese? Is actually high for most Asians. And okay, because okay. it looks it looks tall, but it's actually flatter. Okay. American nose bridges because I can tell you I put on a lot of frames and they just smash right up against my face yeah. they just fly down yeah. I don't know what I have but some glasses well I do get lash extensions also so I have to be careful or my lashes will bump against and so that's what Michael designs the glasses so that he takes into that vertex distance so that way there is room for all these women who do wear lash extensions so their lashes don't flutter up against the back of the lashes. And mm -hmm. only a couple of designers, because I spoke to him recently, he said only a, a handful of designers actually even compensate or take that into consideration when they make their uh, design their glasses. Okay. So that means a lot of people are out there just doing cookie cutter, you know, fabrication. Yeah. Frames. yeah. That's why they look good, but they don't. But they don't fit well. Yeah. And, and, and I think if they don't fit well and they don't fit on your bridge right, that's when people get headaches. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, even with sunglasses, they, uh, they buy over the counter or whatever in the store and they have all of these problems. Uh, to me, the lenses themselves have to be good. Yes. And the lenses and your, your prescription needs to be put in there. And I do do the... Um, uh, Progressive? Yes, that's the word, <laughs> progressives. And I tried doing the bifocals and the, my distance on the top because it, they're less expensive, but they did not work. They did give me a headache. I couldn't see right, took them all back in. I said, nope, got to go back to progressives. And can't you give me a deal? I've got eight pairs here. <laughs> They usually give you deals if you're getting eight pairs. So. <laughs> you would think. Right. Uh, so, and I'm gonna, gonna see about that. But anyway, um, what I want to know is, are there some trends that are big right now in the color of the frames or the tinting of the lenses or anything? Like, what are they showing more of now that people could well, know about, regardless of, of face shape yeah, right so now? But Big, big right now is going to be big frames. That's like a big thing right now. Oversized, big frames, bold, something that's catchy, that will make you stand out. That's that's a really big right now. The other big thing is clear 
um, acetate frames. Oh, okay. Really trending. We have a lot of patients come in looking for just completely clear, clear frames, um, or even just light pastel colors. So wood frames are pretty new because they're very light. Oh yeah. Very, very light, but that's like a new thing too. And they float. <laughs> so that's ah, um, and they're very unique. So the wood grain, you're going to get very unique styles in that as well, because a lot of times it can't be replicated because of the design on the wood itself. Are there different woods like cherry, oak, you know, pine, so the way that whatever? The wood is green or whatever. So it's almost like getting a, like a buffalo horn frame. You can always only have one style because of the design is so unique that it literally is almost like a custom a custom color each time you're getting it. Okay. Um, black frames are always in, just your, your black rectangular frames. So those are easy to wear. So a lot of people do that. Cat eye frames are always in style, regardless of the genre. Yay. Um, aviators are, are big too, because aviators classic. So most people do wear that. Wire frames are also popular because again, some people just like something less bold, more sophisticated or unique. So the metal uh, wires are always um, popular with that. And you can't go with turquoise color because again, that's just an easy color to blend in with a lot of your outfits. Tortoise. Turquoise. Yeah, because I read somewhere when I was researching for the show that that's the most widely purchased uh, it's the color, most easy, color tone. Yeah, there's like a yellow and brown mixed in there. So color tone for faces, it literally just blends in for everybody. Because the mm. black bold one, not everybody can pull that off because it, yeah. it's a very bold look. Um, so everyone's a little bit different. But those are some of the top trending ones as of uh, for pretty much for a while now. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I wondered if they were going to come because you know this year they're talking so much about these neon colors like the magenta and the fuchsia the bright blue the yellow the orange are those any colors anybody ever wants to buy in glasses or is that Let's maybe men maybe huh so there is a select crowd that does buy that um i would no. say what but there is a a, a, a there, what is a very good brand called Kirk and Kirk? They do a lot of these very bright colors, mm -hmm. very beautiful. And every time they put one out, I just love the colors. Um, just fun. It just yeah, fun. exactly, exactly. I could see um, uh, maybe my gorgeous gay nephew wearing a pair in lime green or something or bright blue. I think that would look cool with the way he dressed because he wears a lot of black and. Sometimes he'll wear mauve, but they're kind of European colors, what he wears, more than murky, dark. You just, gotta, you just want a, a pop of color. So if you're wearing exactly. you yeah. a pair of yellow on, yes. it literally can make your outfit pop. Yep, yep. Oh, I'm getting noted that I only have a minute before we have to go to break. So uh, when we come back from break, uh, Dr. Wynn, we can talk about uh, more about fashion, but we can also let you tell us a whole lot about how to take care of our eyes properly. And if there's any exercises we can do to keep from having the eye, you know, go, go too flat or getting cataracts or whatever happens to older people, but even young people. So we'll be right back after this commercial break. See you in a moment. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. You are listening to The Space of the Waste. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to thespaceofthewaste at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Voice America's The Variety Channel to The Space of the Waste. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have Dr. Christy Wynn, who is a board-certified optometrist, and she has just been going over all of the hot fashion trends in eyewear. So we were going to uh, speak a little bit about eye care. And then for those of you that have tuned in late, we will do a quick recap on the fashionista part of it. Okay. Okay. Dr. Wynn, tell us about eye care. What can we do every day of our life for our eyes? So the biggest thing is UV protection. You prevent first, then there's less issues about problems later. So UV can actually cause not only wrinkles in and around your face and your eyes, but also cause all these different things to your eyes, such as pinguecles, pterygiums, which are growth on the whites of your eyes. You can cause cataracts, macular degeneration. Um, so again, where prevention is the best, best thing because it costs way more to fix everything afterwards. Oh, so okay. Though it's a fashion statement, it's still a health recommendation. So that's glasses and eyeglass and sunglasses. And when I lived in New York, I wore a pair of light, kind of lilac glasses with clear, I didn't need glasses yet, with clear lenses. Because when I moved to New York, there was so much stuff flying in and my eyes were really getting stuff in them all the time, you know? So I just bought those and wore them every day just to keep my eyes protected when I went outside. Is so, that something that you suggest for people when they live in cities? Or, I mean, sunglasses and, or UV protection doesn't have to be colored. So you can get a clear coating, like the windshield on your car, that's a clear UV protection coating on your windshield. Um, if you need extra protection and you have a prescription, you can go for something called photochromic lenses. Those are the one that activates when the UV hits them and they change colors when you go outside and it change back to clear when you go indoors. And of course, there's the, the tinted color sunglasses for people who need a little bit more um, sun protection. And then there's also the polarized lenses for people who do are outdoors a lot and it helps with glare. Yeah, those are the kind that my husband wears to golf in. Yes. He yeah. likes the polarized lenses. Is that a good idea for his eyes? <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Um, a lot of us are on electronics nowadays because of COVID. Yes. On the computer, we have a lot of uh, screen time. So there's something in the eye industry called the 20-20-20 rule. That means for every 20 minutes of screen time, you want to take a 20-second break and you want to look at something at 20 feet. What this does is it allows your eyes to relax, refocus, and, re and blink. By so blink 
Oh, every see. 20 minutes, this, every 20 minutes, move away, look at something 20 feet away for 20 seconds. Is that, is that right? Right. Because when you're refocusing now at something at a distance instead of near, automatically your eyes blink, refresh that tear film so they're not so dry and achy and sore. Because when your eyes are dry, vision also fluctuate and you start to get eye strain. So that's definitely not a good combination. And when you're doing things up close, a lot of times your, your focus is so um, into what you're doing, your blink rate actually reduces by a, a lot so you know the tear rate is down in that case so that is not useful at all so that's why we have that recommendation so that your muscle can reset otherwise it can start to spasm and if your muscles start to spasm again that's going to lead to additional eye strain that will not be as helpful yes and are people getting more dry eyes sooner because of all the computer screen time that they're putting in, especially since COVID or, and ever since there's been this high, uh, you know, elect what uh, technology. So before we only saw dry eyes in adults, but now even children are getting dry eyes because children are electronics. They're on it for school. So yes. kids are homeschooled and where are they at getting all these lessons on the computer? Exactly. But screen for it. So a lot of times when these kids come in, we're also having to check to see if they have any accommodative insufficiency, because again, their muscle are spasming so much when they're doing these up close tasks that we have to prescribe an additional reading prescription to help relax the muscles so they can actually refocus. Oh my. So there's a oh. lot that goes into it when you're doing all these different ear tasks and you're getting headaches and eye strain and you're not sure where it's coming from. It could be dry eyes or it just could be your muscles is not working the way they should be to keep everything in focus. Yeah. is for women, because they generally choose smaller size frames, they don't have enough reading prescription in their progressives to see their computer, which is a little bit closer than most. So if it's within arm's reach, then you should be fine. But for people who put their computer closer, like a laptop distance, they find themselves with their neck back a lot, and then they start to get a neck strain. So as soon mm, as yes. This, I'm like, I already, I already know exactly how to solve your problem. I will make a small adjustment to your prescription and boom. Oh, wow. I'm going to, have to tell my sister about this because she sits at her computer almost 24 seven because she like a COO of a company and they do everything, you know, via zoom and stuff now with COVID and her back, her eyes, her neck, you know, what are, what do you think are the best eye drops for this kind of situation? I mean, she's given me a name of a couple, but what do you suggest or does it really matter? Well, it does matter because not all eye drops are made the same. If you're looking just to re-wet the tear film, you want an artificial tear. If you have sensitivity, you may want to opt for the preservative-free versions of these drops because then there's less chemicals going into your eyes for each time you're using it. What would that be? What would you say the second part was? Preservative-free. Preservative-free. Yes. Yes. Free tears. Yes. So there's also different... So when you're... What other eye stuff? Different brands out there, Refresh Tears, Thera Tears, Gentile Tears. Um, there's a lot of newer brands out there. But again, as long as you're not getting something that just gets the red out, that's usually a vasoconstrictor mm-hmm. and it takes the red out initially. Wow. A lot of time people are using it as a dry eye treatment. And what happens is there's a rebound effect with these. Yes, yes. 
read with long-term use, but patients don't read that far down in the, you know, the description. So they don't get that until they come in. They're like, my eyes are so red, but I use these drops. Like, well, that's exactly why your eyes are red. And they never put the two together. So it's super important that your, if your eyes are dry, you're only using specifically drops. That lubricates drop, lubricating drops or tears. And then if your eyes ache or itch or get red, you would use allergies. So if if they're itchy, they may be allergies, which is separate. So you want to look for a drop that targets allergies, which usually have some kind of antihistamine or some kind of mass cell stabilizer. So there's different mechanism. There's a short-term, long-term, there's drops that has a combination of both. Um, So if your eyes, so there's just so many drops out there that, you know, you know, using the right one and I put out different materials out there in terms of video to educate people to what to use mm-hmm. when to use it so that way you're not using the incorrect drop and causing more problems mm-hmm. down if the eyes just ache and like you say they ache and maybe get the spasm too when they ache is that back to the 20 minute situate the 20 second exercise <laughs> So that's basically more towards the dry eye part of it, um, which again, more women are tend to be more prone to dryness as we get older because they found that testosterone is linked to dry eyes and we don't have a lot to begin with. So as that reduces over time, as we age, we are more likely to have dry eyes sooner than our male counterparts. So we also wear eye makeup. And if you're not removing your eye makeup at the end of the day, your lid and lashes are not you're not removing all that makeup. So it's clogging your glands. So your glands are important because each time you blink, you got these vertical glands in your lids that come down each at each blink to express a little bit of oil onto that tear film. So your tear film needs that oil to, to lubricate your eyes efficiently. So if you don't have that oil, now it's secreting your eyes, but it's not having all the right components. So now your tears evaporate quicker. And then now you have another issue. Um, and then you're more prone to like infections and all this other stuff in your lids too. So it's kind of, everything goes into hand. You got to make sure you're hydrating your body because if your body's dehydrated, it shows up in the eyes as well. Wow. So, all these different things into consideration. Um, you know, there's very important versions there's moderate they're severe so depending on if you're able to get over-the-counter treatment great that means you're on the mild spectrum but if you're using all these over-the-counter and it's not working chances are you probably need to see a specialist who specializes in dry eye to see exactly what the main reason that's causing your eyes to be dry and treat that okay what about there's a million makeup removers out there and i've read where you know, don't use this when you're taking your makeup off or do use this or use the creamy, don't use the oil, don't, what do you, what's your take on that? What is your experience with eyes on taking your makeup off your eyes? A bit different, but you want to use something that's mild and gentle so it doesn't burn or sting your eye when you remove it. And because the tissue around your skin is more fragile, you really don't want to rub too heavy because you're going to stretch all that muscle and create more wrinkles, which none of us really want <laughs> at the end of the day. No, we don't. Um, and there are certain chemicals that you can use that that is part of the the wash that could help your eyes be more antibacterial free, um, like tea tree oil. That's really good and it keeps the bacteria out. So one of my one of my um, brands that I really like at the moment is called Optase. So Optase is spelled O P T A S E. They have a almost like a gel like consistency of 
a lid scrub and it takes your makeup off like a gel and it's really smooth and it's preservative free so it doesn't sting or burn your eyes and it has a tea tree oil in there um so it works really good and i love using that when my eyes are irritated and it it just soothes it even with just one use so i really really love that and i do recommend that to my patients and they have a lot Taste. Okay. Wow. That's good to know because I've really never found one that really, really works that well. It seems like it, uh, you know, uh, kind of, you have to do it a bunch of times. Now, do you suggest using a, like a soft flannel cloth or, because I think cotton balls aren't good because it gets all that loose (laughs) threads in your eyes but I have found these um, little face cloths on Etsy that are made out of flannel and they're white flannel. And I've really liked using those for my skin because I have very sensitive skin and it doesn't, it's not abrasive, you know? If I'm at home, I would use a, um, it's almost like a terry cloth. It's called makeup remover and you can get it at Sephora and they come in in darker colors because like, I got one in black so that way you don't see all the the mascara coming off and all you do is add warm water and it takes it off right in the shower and then when I need some extra I just come out and use the, my little gel remover um, but if I'm traveling I I carry my makeup remover um, to- towelettes that I have from my um, skincare business and with that that literally takes off and is really gentle and it takes off all my eye makeup even my waterproof mascara that I usually wear. Oh, okay. What's your skincare line uh, that you represent? Rodana Fields. Oh, okay. I've heard about that. I've had doctors. I, yeah. So what, what are your favorite products for the eye uh, in that line? My favorite would be the eye serum, which takes away the under eye puffiness. Um, I like the eye cream because it takes away the crow feet since I do a lot of smiling. So I want to add that there. Um, and the other one's my, the lash boost. The lash boost helped me give these natural looking lashes without lash extensions. So these are my real lashes. So. Oh my gosh, they are long. I thought you had lashes on all this time. Well, I wanted, that's, that's my phase two, come, well, should be phase 92. But anyway, it's my next phase is to, I, I just to quit bleaching out my hair so blonde. And I know it's not as beautiful being kind of ashy, but you know, I don't want to keep damaging my hair. And then my next project, it was going to be to quit doing the eyelash extensions, but then I've got to get something going to replenish my lashes because they're like almost gone by now for years of doing lash extensions. Yeah. Serum, the lash serum with lash extensions on. So it'll just you know, help um, strengthen your current lit, uh, lashes. Mm-hmm. Once your lash extensions come off, like I say, your natural lashes underneath should be much stronger and fuller looking and longer looking. And then so have- how do we find you with Roden and Fields? Do you have a website that I could get on? What's the website? The website is Dr. Christie. So that's D-R-K-R-I-S-T-I-E dot my rnf.com. So that's M Y R. A N D F dot com. R and R A N D F dot com. So www.drchristy.myrandf.com. Okay, now that's for Roden and Fields. 
And uh, if you wanted to get in touch with you about eyewear, is that a different? Uh... You can they can probably message me through Instagram. Instagram. Instagram at your underscore skin girl, and I can put them in touch with the designer. Uh, we normally sell just to private offices unless it's like an individual sale. Then I'll just say that's my personal friend and then we'll do it that way. <laughs> uh, what's what's the Instagram again? Your mm-hmm. underscore yeah. what? Skin girl. Skin girl. Dot com or just no, just skin girl. Okay, got it. <laughs> I, I'm new to Instagram, uh, but I, I'm understanding that all the young people only use Instagram now. They don't. They don't do Twitter. They don't do um, Facebook. They don't crowd anymore because I may look young, but I'm 42. So <laughs> you look 28. I would have guessed maybe you're 27. Well, thank you so much. That's <laughs> the, the five years of using their anti-aging regimen. So ah, got to get on that site and check check out what you got. Okay, now back to eye care. Are there eye? Is it true that these eye exercises work? I've heard people talk about these eye exercises you should do and and that you need to do them. Is that, do you believe in that? Well, because if you don't have an eye problem, why would you do the eye exercise? What is it for? So mm-hmm. having a prescription is going to be the biggest thing. Um, if you're not wearing the right prescription, you're going to get eye strain because you're looking through an incorrect prescription. So for patients mm-hmm. who have astigmatism, a lot of times they see a lot of halo around images. Yes. Stigmatism is not correct. It can be undercorrected, overcorrected, or it could be even be off axis. So you have to let the doctor know these things because if you just come in with a prescription and you say, oh, I'm not seeing having any issues, then they're going to prescribe something similar to what you are currently wearing so that the changes are very minimal. But if you come in and say, you know, I, I, at nighttime, I see a lot of halos around light and they're looking at your prescription. They're like, yeah, I see the difference. The machines, you know, we're seeing that there's a much bigger change today. And they may go in and fine tweak a little bit more just to make sure that you're not getting that halo effect. Okay. So yeah, so often with my astigmatic patients that, you know, I always ask them, do you ever notice this? So I always, you know, uh, prompt the question when I see that. And then they always come out and say, oh yes, I do have this problem. I said, well, why didn't you tell me when I first asked? But I didn't think about it, you know? So same thing when I see a female come in with that petite frame and they tell me they work at the computer. I say, do you ever have that problem with your neck? They're like, yes, all the time. I'm like, okay, well, let me fix it for you. And then when I see them back in a year, they're like, oh my God, whatever you did last year, it worked. It worked. Oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah. A little trick I found over the years. So huh, wonderful. Well, um, do you find that um, this does this halo effect that doesn't have anything to do with cataracts? No, the cataracts you see glare. Glare. So, okay. Once you start to uh, have cataracts, most patients get cataracts around 50. So I call it a rite of passage. You live long enough, you're going to get a cataract because it's just accumulation of UV exposure over the years. So most of the time it happens around 50. Some patients do push that out a little bit longer. But when you start to get that look, the beginnings of the cataract, your vision isn't really affected yet. You're you're not going to notice because the changes are so subtle that you're not really going to notice any changes to your vision. You'll still be corrective for the 2020. But the thing that you will notice is that glare at nighttime. You say, you know what? I'm seeing more glare than normal. So at that point, I say, you definitely want to make sure you add this thing called the anti-reflective coating to your glasses. It's going to help reduce some of that glare. But What's that called? The anti-reflective coating or the non-glare. 
So that's the coating I recommend for all patients who have cataracts, who drive at nighttime with the headlights of other cars, who may use electronics. If they work under fluorescent lighting indoors, there's so much glare around the environment that without that feature, you're just going to get so much headache and eye strain and you won't miss it unless you've ever had it. Yes, then you will. Well, tell me about, let me just ask this question uh, because I, I know a few people that have have my, my, actually my husband had cataract surgery and everybody has another take on what you should do. Do you have an opinion or has your experience with people leaned you more one way than another on the cataract? Like did you do one eye, one way, one another, both the same way or what, what? The thing, they should never be different because, uh, well, let me put it this way. It depends on what you do for a hobby and for a living post-cataract surgery. The cataract surgery, there's multiple ways to do it. If you have insurance, such as Medicare, Medicare will pay for your basic cataract surgery, which means that they correct both of your eyes to see far. You can opt to do something called monovision, where you have one eye see far, one eye see near. But this takes away your depth perception, but now you don't need reading glasses. Versus if you only had your distance vision corrected, you still need to put readers over on top. Now you can pay a little extra and do something called a bifocal implant. But the bifocal implant is just like you having bifocal glasses, but now permanently and put it into your eyes. Those you can see far and near and they can cater it more towards near or more towards far, depending on, like I said, the activities that you typically would do or need your eyes for. So, so do you like the bifocal best? I would say, why not? Why not? You only do the surgery one time. You can't go back in five years later and say, you know, I changed my mind because all my buddies can read without their glasses and I can't. You can't go back in and do it because the risk is too high. So why not just get the best of the best the first time around? Mm -hmm. You want to consider getting a bifocal implant is the way that the lens is inputted in your um, capsule. It's more centered. So the, um, the risk of you having a secondary film buildup on that implant is minimal because of the mm -hmm. location of the implant. People who opt for the less expensive option, those tend to sit further in the back of the capsule. So within a year or two, they tend to rub up against that capsule, creating a second film or what we call a secondary cataract. Well, not all surgeons tell their patients about this. And then they come in to see me and they're like, I have a what? I'm like, yeah, basically your cataract technically kind of came back. You're going to need to go out this time for a second surgery. And it's called a YAG laser. So what it is, is they apply a laser to clear that space to get your vision back. And they typically only have to do it once. Rarely would they have to go in twice, but it's usually within a two-year period from the first exam. So I always tell the patients, you only get this one shot. So why don't you go around and ask all your buddies who've had it done and see what their opinion is? Because you will have friends who did the less expensive option. You'll have friends who upgraded to the bifocal and see who are happy with their lenses. And I can tell you, when you work with a great surgeon, all those patients are coming out with a bifocal lens and they're coming back happy as can be because they got their 20 eyes, 20 year old eyes back. <laughs> 20 year old eyes, okay. Well, you know, I, I don't know, but maybe if, do you think some of this vertigo that people have, it's not termed really vertigo because when they go in and see if they have vertigo, they always tell them no. But I know several people over 50, a little bit over 50 and sometimes older that they all of a sudden they, they have balance problems. Do you think that that could be from getting those uh, 
regular, less expensive uh, cataract lenses and maybe the way they're sitting on their eye or something has some effect on how they walk or their balance? Is there any kind of balance associated with any of this? I've heard of. Not so, that you've heard, okay. Post-cataract surgery, there may just be you know something neurological going on as well. There mm -hmm. are a lot of people who have these headaches or migraines and they don't know where it stems from and only because their muscles don't align properly over time, it may get a little bit more loose. So the eye kind of trails a little bit when they're tired. Mm -hmm. well, technology out. And again, I'm not promoting them, but I'm just oh, saying- Oh, I know something called Neurolens. So with Neurolens, it's a very specifically designed um, lens that adds a small amount of prism in the glasses to help your eyes focus better. Um, so a lot of people who have these vertigo or they have these headaches and they never knew where it stems from, they get tested for, for this and it's a pretty pricey lens. But the thing is, the majority of the patients are very, very happy. And what's that called again? Neurolens. That's Neuro. N-E-U-R-O-L-E-N-S. And it's growing in popularity all over the U.S. So for you to find a rep is very simple. Very interesting. I think that is a very good one for anyone that has balance issues. Now, back to what one back here a while back, you said something about depth perception. What skews that? What did you say skews your... So your model, when you're doing monovision where one eye is corrected to see far and one eye is corrected to see near, you lose out on the depth perception and you have to rely on just monovision. So and that's not good. Some people like think, <laughs> but, but depth perception, wouldn't that affect you walking? Not necessarily because you can use monocular cues now. So without yeah. your depth perception, you can still use monocular cues and they like distance and how things are placed to judge how far things are. So for a lot of people who need reading glasses, you know, and we do contactless fitting for them, they actually prefer the monovision because it's less expensive. They can see clear, near and far without the uh, light is light being a factor, and it's cheaper. So yeah. I mean, well, for them, that perception is not a big deal, thing for them to give up. Okay, we've only got two minutes, so I didn't leave you much time to talk about fashion again for those that tuned in late, but you want to say anything about just to wrap it up? <laughs> wrap it up. Again, eyewear is something that, you know, can be a part of your personality. And yes. You're not ever obligated to just one pair. And that's, I think that's the big thing for a lot of people is they feel like they can only have one. I said, like, no, you have a wardrobe of clothes. Why not have a wardrobe of eyewear to match your clothes? I'm with you, girl. That is exactly what I have. And I love all of my glasses. I mean, I if I ever got a cataract, I would probably lean toward those uh upgraded bifocal ones, but I would have to just get some clear glasses with the sun protection because I'm not going to give up my, my glasses. No way, because I just love them too much. And I, and I always wear them out in the sun because I have green eyes and they're kind of dark, but they do take in a lot of light. And, and again, I, I've read so much about take care of your eyes. Dr. Christy Wynn, I cannot Thank you enough for being on the show today, but I have to sign off. This is Melody Edmondson with the Space of the Waste and Dr. Christy Wynn, who is in Orlando, Florida, and she has her websites that she's given to you so you can get on the web and find her.
anytime you need to chat about your eyes or your Rodin Fields eye products, by the way. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today. <laughs>